Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutrell. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am your host, and oddly, I am also this week's interviewee. If you caught a few weeks ago, maybe it was a little over a month ago now, you remember that Tammy Drexler interviewed me on Destiny. And I got so much feedback from that particular episode, not only in the amount of downloads, but in emails and comments on that, that I thought, and I think I mentioned this, that I would start doing this on a little more regular basis, meaning having her interview me on different topics. And these are anything from topics that we constantly find ourselves talking about and and chatting about or things that seem to be a recurring theme in my life over and over that I'm hearing about people struggling with in their own life to where I said, hey, Tammy, let's uh, let's let's give this topic uh, a rundown because it seems to be a common issue for folks that I think would be really helpful if uh, we would address. So that is not only what we're doing this week on the commonality of an issue that seems to keep showing up for people, but it's also one that her and I have talked a lot about, not just in the recent weeks, but we have talked about, I think, really ever since we have met each other. And what I'm talking about here in this week's topic is kind of the combination between how people deal with chaos, why chaos even shows up in someone's life, what peak performance really means, meaning how do you get to a point of being able to be a really good critical thinker when you're under pressure, the difference between what it is to be under pressure and experience chaos because there's a massively big difference. So all of these things on how it is we really can get better in touch and in tune with who we are to be a better human being in all instances, truly no matter what, no matter what our external turmoil may be, that our inner peace is never affected, or at least uh, not affected to the degree that maybe it is when, like I said, we're we're experiencing what we label as chaos or being hectic or whatever label we like to call it. So Tammy, did I do a pretty good job? We we had talked about what we were going to chat about. Did I do a fair job setting this up, or is there anything that we should throw in to say this is what uh, this week's episode's about? Well, no, I think you did a great job. It is great to be back with you. And I was just wondering if uh, if you even needed me on this this uh, podcast. <laughs> That's because you're just heading down that road. But I am excited to be back and talking with you about this subject. You're right. You and I have so many conversations that is, is I, I've told you, your, your audience needs to hear these conversations. So this one that we're going to talk about, like you said, kind of chaos versus pressure. I don't think there's a single person who cannot relate at some level and me included. And I think that there are so many of us out there trying to uh, balance that, that word from like the eighties and nineties balance, got to bring balance into your life. How, how do we, how do we manage our, our, 
chaos or our work life or whatever it is that we are are viewing as chaos in our life versus taking time off and and and, and slowing down and how how do we bring all that together and it seems like it's the age old question there's tons of books um, written about it that we don't have time to read and uh, podcasts talking about it that we don't have time to listen to and so help us Michelle help us um, figure out what how how do we kind of stop the brakes and figure this out. Well, see, I appreciate Tammy very much for setting this up because she's exactly right. We talk about this all the time. And and the thing is, before we get to, and I do want to give really specific tips as somebody who more than a decade has been a stress reduction therapist, although for those who know me quite well know that that sounds very silly because I do an awful lot to induce stress in people's lives, not to remove <laughs> it. And how I say that is I cattle prod people a lot into pushing you into leading a very authentic life, L- living a life that is true to your true nature, to who you are, to what your purpose and what your meaning is, and push you into being very honest and very real about who you are, not continuing to tell the same story over and over about why you can't have what you want to have or do what you want to do. And so I can be a bit stress-inducing in that regard, but it's because to me, living an inauthentic life is far more stressful than living a life that you don't love, that you don't want to be in, that I'm pushing you out of. And that for a lot of people is stressing people out of their comfort zone. So I want to qualify that, that while I have a very large background in stress reduction, it certainly doesn't seem like that to a lot of people that have been in my coaching practice or that know me personally. That said, I do want to break this down to what are the steps in, like I said, more than a decade of my practice of what it takes to really create calm out of chaos, if you will, and how to avoid it to begin with. But before we get into the steps, which is the what, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the why and why this even matters. And really from a critical thinking perspective, why this matters every day and certainly let alone in the whole of your life. And so when... I talk about peak performance as it, as an individual. If you look at peak performance in an athlete, I think everybody would agree that for the two teams that made it to the Super Bowl, for the two teams that make it to the World Series, for the top three people with the qualifying times in the Olympics, any one of any of those people could win on that given day. But on that given day, one of them does. And it certainly is not by skill, right? It's not by both of them. Everybody there that I just named off absolutely has the talent and the skill set to win their game. But one of the teams has access, more and greater access to the options they have under pressure because they have learned how to manage critical thinking when it really counts. And so that's not just for athletes, whether you're a CEO of a company and having to make decisions that are going to potentially change the direction of an entire corporation, whether you're a mom who's dealing with kids and being a wife and social obligations and and a good mother and a good sister and a good daughter and all of the rest of these things, like Tammy was kind of setting this up, how we manage all that, you can either be somebody under that pressure situation that snaps and is just yelling at everybody, or you can be the person that really does have a way to manage through all of it. Or you're somebody that breaks and you're the person that in the game-winning field goal has it go, you know, at the 30-yard line, you know, completely outside the goal post by 20 yards on a kick that you've done a thousand times over to perfection. And that's what I'm talking about is when we have not um, really gotten very good at the skill set of what it takes to manage our own inner turmoil, then when it counts and when it really matters, 
it, it's all going to fall apart. So the why behind this is it's, it's a whole lot easier of a life to manage when you're just seamlessly kind of going through the motions, regardless of the level of pressure. And further, like uh, Tam and I were talking right before I hit the record button, it's getting to a point that at, at one point, whatever it is you are facing, that's kind of out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's a job interview. Maybe it's going in to ask for a raise. These things that we do that we feel like are a level 10 in our pressure scale because they're so far out of our comfort zone or are so intimidating or scary to us. And the more we do them and the more we get clarity in our mindset, and we'll talk about in a little bit what those things are, then pretty soon that 10 is a nine and then it's a five. And then all of these things that maybe seemed very daunting now are actually quite manageable. And that really is the goal kind of in prevention, right? Is getting ahead of the chaos so that one chaos never ensues, but the pressure that may be there also feels less daunting, less pressure, if you will, when we're in it, than maybe the untrained mind or the person who's not self-reflective and hasn't spent time even thinking about this. So in the people that we're talking about, Tammy, is there anybody else, are there other aspects or things that come to mind for you on why this matters or people that you've interacted with that you've seen over and over that are really challenged by their, you know, story of chaos or their hectic life, or they just can't seem to manage things. Is there any other, uh, you know, subject matter or anything on under the why that I didn't bring up that we want to make sure we throw in here before we get into the what or the how? Well, I think it starts with what you mentioned um, a bit ago, about being authentic and being honest. And I think that what I see with people who are just in this constant um, uh, vortex of chaos, um, to me, you never really stop to um, enjoy the real things that matter. You know, you, you don't, you're not present enough to, to, um, be really present with your children or with your husband or with your friends or with your job or with your customers. And, um, man, we just don't even realize what we miss if we're not experiencing it to miss it. And, and I've experienced it myself, but I, I see people who it, it's proverbial chaos they don't realize what they're missing in, in, you know, you might think that you're having this great time with your children when, um, if you're not present because of the chaos in your life, it's not as near as great as it, it should be. And again, it goes back to really being honest, doesn't it? Or starts with, um, authenticity. It does. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and really being honest means it's not just going to your kid's football game. It's not being on your phone checking email while you're at your kid's football game. Yeah. Right? It's not just what you're doing, but how you are doing it. How present are you? How are you going to be remembered? And and I think when we look at how we show up in life, and you bring up a really great point and not even realizing there's a problem here. Right. And certainly taking it to the next step, right? Like, uh, you know, any decent AA class will tell you the first step is realizing you got a problem. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that, in all honesty, everybody in their periphery will see that they've got a problem, but what it takes for that person to realize that the whole of their life is a problem. And unfortunately, in our society, sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom before we realize that something actually needs to change. Yeah. Right. Whether that's a cancer diagnosis or, you know, getting hit by a car because you're texting or your, your um, spouse leaving you, you're getting fired from a job, whatever it is, sometimes it's like that's people's first warning. 
like is, is like the ultimate horrible thing to have happened is their first wake-up call of, holy cow, you mean things aren't right here? I, I'm always astounded when you hear about um, somebody saying that they came home at, at work one day and there was a note on the table saying, you'll notice that the closets are cleaned out, I've gone ahead and moved out, and divorce papers will be hitting you tomorrow. And, and they had no idea this was coming. Yeah. I don't, and I've talked about this before, how we get to the point that on a first warning sign, this is, this can never be a first warning sign, but it has to do with how engaged you are in your own life, how self-reflective you are about not just what you're doing, like I said, but how you're doing it. And so mm -hmm. in, in that, I, I, you know, I've preached for a very long time about beginning with the end in mind, which means if you could imagine, and I just it was interviewed on somebody else's podcast recently and said this exact thing, that if you could imagine sitting at your own funeral, as morbid as that may be, and you're listening to the eulogies and you have one person that is the spokesperson for all of your friends, like all the friends you ever had in life, you have one person that's the spokesperson for all of your family members, and you have one person that's the spokesperson for everybody you've ever worked with. So they represent all of your coworkers. And each one of them gets to say one thing about you, about how you showed up as a friend, how you showed up in the family, how you showed up in your work life. Yeah. And if you were to write that sentence down saying at the end of all of this, this is how I want to be known. And then you're very honest. I mean, really painfully honest with yourself in saying how much of the time am I showing up that way that that is in fact what I would be remembered by. And I think when we're very real, there's a bit of a delta or here comes our storytelling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But once I just get this done, I'm absolutely going to be that way. Well, once I, once I get that promotion, once I make enough money, then I'll have the time to blah, blah, blah. It's always the, I can't right now, but someday. And then, and then what you should really expect is that your eulogy is going to be, well, we were just waiting for the day for, for her to show up the way she ever said she would. Unfortunately, her time ran out. And she never got there, right? That, you better just expect that that's what's going to be said about you if the someday syndrome is what you've got going because today's not your day. And there ain't no guarantee for tomorrow. So if, if it's all over today and your eulogy is today, then stop, that, stop it right now and say right now today, what would everybody say about you? Okay, except that here's the thing. Here's the thing about that is um, here's what I see as typical people who are going, 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 going and not stopping long enough to really be present. They don't realize they're not present. And so they often feel like I'm the one giving to everybody. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm going, I'm going above and beyond for everybody, everybody. And so there's this self or this perception of themselves that they see themselves very differently than everybody who is getting a tiny piece of them and it's chaotic and it's stressful, they, they don't see it that way. You know what I'm saying? Um, they, they see it as I, I'm a giver. I'm just going above and beyond for everybody and, and I'm sacrificing everything to for everybody else not really looking in the mirror and going, yeah, not so much because, you know, you're not even being present enough to really make the connection and make it matter. And so, you know what I'm saying? there. I, I just think that there's this, this self-denial or something just, I, it goes back to, again, being honest. Are you really giving to everybody or are you just kind of for the sake of you're, you're in this chaotic vortex, you can't get out and you think you're doing all kinds of good stuff or people and you're just not even doing, um, you know, adequate stuff for anyone. So here's what I would say to that person. And it's a great point you make. And that is if you were to stop and honestly ask yourself, 
on, on, a, on the grand scheme of things, adding everything, your work, your family, your friends, your obligations, all of it. You're trying to be, you know, dealing with uh, health and wellness and fitness and all of that. On a one to 10, 10 being the most and a one being the least or non-existent, how would you on a stress scale, generally speaking, rate your life? And for people that use the word chaos, you know, out of control, busy, hectic, you know, all of that, I think that at least they typically, because it serves their story, would say, oh my gosh, my life is always like, you know, somewhere between a, maybe a seven and a 10 or a seven to nine, right? Yeah. That, oh, if you, if you knew everything that I've got to go, I mean, I don't even have time right now to even take that survey. I'm so busy, right? Mm -hmm. So, so then if I were to ask them, okay, if I were to ask your spouse, the level of stress that you, from his perspective or her perspective, how much you show up with on a regular basis from their observation, be honest, what would they say? And if you're not quite sure, you think you're going to lie to yourself, go ask and, and ask them to be very honest. And same thing with the kids. Now the kids, depending on what their age may not understand. So you're going to have to be very honest and just watch yourself over a day without changing any of your behaviors and see how your kids are. Right. Are, are, are the kids chaotic? Uh, you know, how, how is that interaction? And then at the end of that day, be very honest about how your kids would rate you if they could understand that languaging. If they're teenagers or older, just ask, right? If you don't really have the answer. Now, I'm going to go back again to this is, you can look at just straight neuroscience, is you do not have access to the options that you have available to you when you are under stress. You just don't. So then, if, if you only have access to a small percentage of what options are really out there when the mind is under stress, then odds are you're making bad and poor decisions the majority of the time. That's just a fact of science. That's not just, you know, Michelle woo-woo. That, that is just a matter of fact. So if we're sitting here saying, I'd like to make the best decisions for my life and the decisions that I'm responsible for, for those around me, then you had better find a way to get that stress level way down, but like at a three or lower all of the time to include when we're under pressure. I mean, all of the time. And if you can't get your life to a three on an average Monday through Friday, how in the world are you ever going to get it there when there's a situation that's actually critical? It's impossible. If, you're, if your everyday life is somewhere between a seven and a 10, then here's some critical thing that happens that actually requires immediate attention and clear thinking. Now you're at a 15. Now, now that's, that's just failure waiting to happen. And if everybody were to look back and really look at what we would see as well, that was a bad decision. Boy, that was an epic failure. Go back and look at where you were, what state of mind you were in when you made that bad decision. Uh, most all bad decisions are made out of fear, out of desperation, or when we're under extreme pressure and our back's up against a wall and we didn't know what else to do. And, and typically none of those things are going to have a good outcome. Now, it's a good outcome from a learning experience, but it's not the desired outcome that you know we would have hoped to have had. So if you, if you think that you just can operate in this world of being ultra busy and think that you're operating in your best capacity, then you're lying to yourself. And so then this podcast, probably those people would have already either one, they're not listening to it or they would have already tuned it off thinking, well, this doesn't really apply to me. I've got it all together. For those of you who are sticking around, who are willing to be honest and saying, gosh, yeah, things are out of control. I, I do feel like I'm, um, you know, trying to make ends meet and burning the candle at both ends and any other phraseology that you want to say then stop and listen and say, how effective, honestly, can you ever possibly be? And when it's really critical and it matters, how in the world can you be effective then? And so if you are at the place of realizing, yeah, there may be at least a little bit of truth to that, 
I think people around me would label me as a, you know, a, a bit of a stress case, or I've, I'm always very busy. It, it, even that, let's tone the word down. Let's water it down a little bit and say, oh gosh, I'm just very busy all the time. Well, that's a, pr that's a problem. That's a, pr that's a mismanagement, not just of your schedule, but I will say of your priorities and even further identifying very clearly what actually matters to you. That's all there is to it. So, um, Ariana Huffington quote, I'm going to quote her. She said that she has made her biggest mistakes when she has been, uh, when she's overworked herself and not taken the rest and, and time to meditate. She's made her biggest mistakes. So I totally identify with that. Make my biggest mistakes when I'm just letting crazy rule my day or rule my, my week or whatever it is. So you keep alluding to, you know, somehow how we can access, you know, the, the help for critical thinking, point us to some practical applications, then something to help us uh, turn around the chaos and the frenzy and even help us to really stop and look and see what was really going on. Help give us some practical applications, Michelle. Perfect. So like I said about beginning with the end in mind, so the very first thing is going to start with, you got to start at the 40,000 foot view. You really have to be very clear about what matters. And, and here's where I'm going to talk about honesty again. You cannot say that your health and well-being matters and then follow it up with, but I don't have time to work out or go to the gym or run or yoga or fill in the blank. Anything that you don't have time to do, I'm going to rephrase that in complete honesty, which is it's simply not important enough to me. Because we will always make time for what matters. And here's where I say that, again, from a health and wellness coaching perspective. For those people listening right now that are not making the time to take care of their physical well-being, I can promise you this. If you are on death's doorstep and a doctor tells you, you now have to look at the next eight weeks or 12 weeks of chemo or radiation, guess what? If you think your life is on the line, you're now going to make time for that once a week chemo appointment. And I say this to get your attention that I hope it doesn't ever get to that point for anybody, but what you don't make time for now, I hate to think what you're going to have to make time for later. And there's just, there's no other way to look at that. So whenever you say the words out loud, gosh, I'd love to do that, but I don't have the time. Stop lying because that's a straight up lie and say, what I really need to investigate is why I say this matters to me, yet it doesn't matter enough to me to make the time for it. And then start really evaluating how much do you really evaluate your health and wellness? Because if you did, it would be a priority. So that number one thing is figuring out those three categories. One, how do you want to be remembered? And are you showing up that way every day? Get very clear about who you are. That's unchangeable, that no matter what the external, that this is how you want to be known. So when there is this reaction mode you go into, you can flip back to that and say, right now, if my children were speaking on behalf of me at my eulogy, what would they be saying right now? And correct that, course correct that. But if you don't have that intention, if you don't have that intention for what your life is going to stand for, you have no guidepost or benchmark. So, so there's, there's the one. The next one is as you're looking at what matters to me and really planning and making time for that, be clear, go, go get the book. Um, just one thing. 
because it comes down to the one thing that matters the most. If you only got one thing done, what would that be? And everything else has to go uh, on the outskirts of that. So if you're looking at, okay, what really matters this week? What really matters this week? Well, okay, if I've already said I, I got to start running because I can't lie to myself anymore and say that it matters when it clearly doesn't. So you're going to schedule that in. Like what matters the most? So if the most is your kids, then what is that time? What are the things that are going to matter the most? You can't do it all. Is it this play? Is it their dance recital? So what of the things this week coming up that matter the most about your kids, because your kids matter the most, boom, that's in there. Let's take a look at your spouse. What matters the most? Maintaining that relationship. Date night. Then you better schedule. We're going to go on a date on Friday night. That's scheduled, right? You've got to have that time put in there. Health and wellness. Now you've got your run. Okay, we have the job. We all know that you don't have to schedule for that. You know you're going to be there from eight to five or whatever hours it is that you work. But when you start with what are your priorities, then when all that's filled in, you realize, I'm out of time. Okay, well, at least you started with the priorities and then you can step back and say, am I scheduling myself so thin? Am I saying yes to be on every board or the PTA or the this or the that or how much time am I spending on social media or watching mindless television to say the things that really don't matter? You're not going to make time for them because you won't have time for them because you've reprioritized your time to what truly matters. So this mindset of the difference of scheduling your priorities or prioritizing your schedule, these are very different concepts here. And if you get very real of saying what matters to me and you start there with those big things, that truly is the biggest step. And you've got to be clear about what that is. You have to be clear because you can no longer say, gosh, I'd love to do that. I just don't have the time. Well then no, in fact, you wouldn't love to do that or you would make time for it. So does that make sense from a getting very clear about what matters and starting with those things on the calendar before anything else? It, it really does. It, it, it's kind of speaking to that whole um, uh, rocks in a jar. I mean, if you totally put in the, the sand first, you're not going to have any any room for the rocks and, and vice versa. So first, it's set our intentions and, and think about what really does matter. Then the second one you said, uh, prioritize and prioritize like one thing that really matters this week. So are you trying to help us to break it down to baby steps? Like let's make one change this week and get something um, moved up on the priority list or, or, um, what are you suggesting? I'm saying be really clear about what matters to you like really clear about what matters. And, and that, that thing that matters when I say categorically, right, we, we have our friends, we have our family, we have our work. In those things, is there a thing, a one thing in each of those categories that really matters the most this week, that if you do that one thing, and that's all you do, but you do that one thing, okay. that, then you know what, that was a good week. So you've got to, that's got to be on the calendar. You've got to make time for that. And that one thing might be that the, the morning routine from now on, like this week, uh, the getting the kids out of the door that normally was maybe a chaotic scene. My one thing this week might be, I'm going to get up a half hour earlier. I'm going to get the lunches made. I'm going to get the task stuff done before anybody else is even up so that the hour that people are up, I'm just present and I'm available. That might be your thing. So it might not be like a Wednesday afternoon. It might be a, what is one thing that I can show up to be more present that truly would be a game changer or would shift the energy of what's going on that I know right now I'm not at my best. 
So whatever that is, be very clear and say, now, how can I make that happen? How can I make that one thing work? When that becomes a habit, right, then it's, okay, what's the next one thing? But if you don't start with what's most important and get very clear about that, then life is just leading you. And starting with the sand, I, I'm glad you brought up that analogy, is to me, starting with the sand is starting your day by opening up email. Because what you've done is you've started your day by everybody else's priorities for you. You've started your day by let, let the whole world set your agenda because that's all email is, is, Hey, here's what is important to me that I need it to be just as important to you. Well, that's your, that's your stuff, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't take care of what in the, in the first bit of your day, when you have the most clarity before the world has jumped in, before anybody else has impeded in your mind and took care of in one hour, the things that matter the most you can do in one hour, what it will take you to do in three hours, dealing with email and phone calls and other people's emergencies, other people's priorities. So when you think about it like that, it's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. And one advice right there would be the sand to me is other people's stuff that you start your day with. And then the, remember those priorities. Oh, here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. You never had time to get to them because you were dealing with all the sand that you allowed to fill your jar first. And that I love what you say. It is the difference between other people's priorities for you versus your priorities. And, and I think back to intention, um, you know, I, I'm not a, a master yoga yogi, like, like you, Michelle, but, um, I have been just, my life has been transformed by yoga in the last six months or so. And every time I go to the mat, you know, the, the, my yoga instructor will say, set your intentions. Why are you here? And, um, I've learned to take that into the rest of my life. So, so when you're, when you're sharing with us, uh, in this conversation to number one, set your intention, I think that's a daily, almost, you know, um, uh, project by project, um, something that, that we should be doing, um, waking up and setting your intention for the day when you do find or when you when your kids are coming down for breakfast set an intention what is this going to be and and you i'm sure can speak to that much more than i because you are um such a master yogi so do, do you agree so i'm going to take this back to even before the kids come down the stairs and and uh, setting the intention there and um tammy knows i do this because i certainly caught a lot of flack for doing this with uh ceo of the company that we um both used to work for well anyway it was a some time ago and that's visualization i'm very serious about this so before my feet ever hit the floor i lay in bed and truly visualize everything that's going to go on in my day and how it's going to go now, the focus here is not on the tasks. This is not walking through my goals that I wrote down of the tasks that I need to get done. It's not, oh, I've got to make the lunch. I've got to do this. I've got to drive the car. Those are tasks. It's how is that going to go? How yeah. is this going to go? How am I going to show up? And so every single thing, I mean, most people know what is, what, what is on their agenda for the next day, or you certainly should. So you're walking through, oh, how the, how's that conversation going to go? How's that drive to school going to go? How is this going to go? How am I going to show up? So now literally all you have to do is live into it because you've already visualized it. And any peak athlete ha has been trained and thoroughly taught on visualization from, you know, hopefully uh, they're very early on in, in whatever their sport 
sports career is, is, is visualizing making that punt, visualizing making that throw down the field, visualizing that hockey puck going into the net, right? So the mind, the more it visualizes, and there's a bajillion studies on this, increasing your uh, muscle strength, truly, without ever even lifting a weight on your left bicep, visualizing doing curls with your left bicep over your right, and the left bicep over weeks of very concentrated visualization is actually stronger. So mind over matter, there's, like I said, more studies than you can shake a stick at on this. So if you're visualizing exactly how things are going, and now when you come downstairs, it's already happened in your mind. All you're having to do is automatically step into that. So that next step is exactly that, is visualize your entire day of how you are showing up in your day so that then all of a sudden, if you lose it, your mind should go, okay, wait, something's happening here that's not authentic because this is not how this was supposed to go. And it's a lot easier to course correct when you've already visualized it versus if you didn't visualize, you have no intention, you're just going through back to the beginning part of our conversation. You don't even have the awareness that something's wrong. Right. 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 And yes, absolutely. And this goes back to the chaos versus pressure, right? So a a quick little experience I had, um, I I have uh, kids and grandkids, and I had the pleasure of having all of them at my house last week. So 11 people in my house for a week. And I also had some big deals that I had to get done for work. And I, I visualized what this would be like. And so, I, and I, I understood that I needed to really get my head wrapped around how this was going to work. So what I, when I was at my, my work, which is in the house, so the kids are still all around. But when I was at my work, I was there 100% present and I intended, and I visualized that when I was done, I was done and my children get a hundred percent of me and I'm present. And consequently it worked out beautifully. And I had wonderful interaction with everybody and got my work done. Had I gone to my work and just been frustrated because I have my kids here and I want to be with them, but I have all this stuff to do. And, and then I would have carried my family into my work and I would have carried my work into my family and it would have been just all kind of chaos. Right. And so the visualization, what Michelle is talking about is so true. And, and if you know, your brain is pretty smart, you got a strong brain and your body will follow what, what you put in it. Don't you think? Totally. No, you're exactly right. And you truly do have the patience and grace of a saint because we talked about what your last week was like. And um, I think I would have spent my time at the bar. So, you know, really, you're <laughs> far, far better than I. So, no, no, no. Um, you would have visualized something. You would have visualized the bar, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. I, and I would have visualized myself on the third stool in. So let's just, let's just know that that would have happened. <laughs> so, I hope you visualize me there with yes, you. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can assure you I would have, or at least my drinking on your behalf uh, for you not being there. So, yes. And, and, and what you're saying, is exactly right. And I know that's how you show up. And it's with great intention. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. That's what people think. Oh, well, you know, you've kind of got it easy. You don't understand what I have. No, no, no. No, it, nothing that is great just happens. That is a very thoughtful and mindful execution of what your intention is that you live into and anything outside of that. And you and I both have been in a space where things seem out of control or overwhelming enough to be able to, in that moment, stop and say, okay, hang on. 
And, and so this stopping and hanging on is my third and final point. There was a study done, ironically, that smokers back in the day when, um, you know, people used to take smoke breaks. Now it's almost, you don't really even hear about that at work, uh, you know, anymore. But um, there was a study done that smokers in a company had less stress than, than non-smokers from a blood pressure, heart rate, and these are smokers, right? From a stress, the, the things that you do to uh, benchmark stress levels in somebody, categorically, they had less stress. Well, on the surface level, it's kind of freakonomics. It makes you step back and go, how in the world is smoking a better way of life than non-smokers? But think about this. So smoke breaks, every hour at the most two hours, right? But somewhere in between the hour, two hours, guess what? You got to take your smoke break. So those people would push away from their desk. They would walk outside, take 15 minutes. And during those 15 minutes, if you're not a smoker, you've seen someone smoke, you can visualize it. What it is, it's the long inhale, the drag on the cigarette and the slow exhale. So for 15 minutes, think about what someone's doing. They're physically getting away from their work, pushing away from their desk, going outside, and for 15 minutes doing nothing but focusing on their breathing. Wow. Right? Albeit that's with a cigarette, wow. but here's the deal. Imagine you are actually going to wind up being more healthy by smoking than not smoking, if you take a look at what is going on in that time frame, that's how impactful that is. So my third step is everyone take up smoking. No, it's not really that. <laughs> no, this is this is sponsored by Camel Unfiltered. Uh, no, no, but you just got a whole new uh, demographic of followers. I, I know it. I know it. It's awesome. <laughs> Marlboro is uh, is my next uh, candidate. No, so the logic here would tell you how important this is. Don't let more than two hours go by. And, and a lot of people, the, the smart thinking really is that you have a timer that's every 55 minutes that dings and automatically, no matter what you're doing, because you'll come back more mentally sharp than, than had you not done this, push away, um, do things that are going to get blood flowing. There's, I mean, obviously yoga is my background. So there's a lot of yoga moves. There's a lot of things that you can do to literally get blood circulating. Breathing though, is the single most important thing. I will tell you when we're under stress, we become very shallow, rapid breathers without realizing it. So it's getting yourself to push away. If there's any way you could get outside and get fresh air and just stand there and focus slowly on the slow inhale holding and that slow exhale, clearing your mind, not think if a thought comes in, acknowledge it, let it go, but really trying to be without any input and then walk back to what you're doing. That of the, of the game changers we're talking here, if you are only going to start with one, that would be a monumental shift in everything. And then that, that response time or that reaction time, that way that we're showing up that is lesser than our best selves. I can tell you just with that alone will greatly improve how you're showing up across the board just by doing that. So yeah. those are my, my overall tips of how to put things in check, but it really does start with, you know, what is your point for being, how are you showing up in this world? I don't care what you do. What I care about is how you do it. 
And that is within our control. That is only, the only real thing that we have, right? If you read uh, Viktor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning, it's very clear throughout that whole book and the time he spent in the concentration camp of those people that died and the people that survived. And those people that were survivors, everybody was exposed and treated the exact same way. And when you have a meaning, a purpose, a reason for being here, and you know the one thing that no one can take away from you is your attitude. People can take away your possessions, your stuff, your things, every single external thing. But the one thing nobody has the ability to take from you is your attitude. And it's the one thing that is 100% within your control that you can change in any instant. I would much rather get ahead of that than having to deal with a reactionary mind. I would rather get ahead of that and say, I'm going to visualize exactly what my attitude, meaning how I'm going to show up for this day and do that every single day. And pretty soon that eulogy that you had visualized of what people are going to say about you, it is, it has absolutely come to pass, but that starts today. And that starts right now. This is profound. I mean, that, that third step and you stop and hold on and, and, and breathe, get away. That it's so profound and it's so simple. Anybody can do it. And you can't say I'm way too busy to stop for, you know, five minutes or three minutes to just breathe and, and check out for a second and move, move your body, right? Move. You've got to get your blood moving different environment, different setting, right? When, when you need to clear your mind or you have a block, or even when you think you've got it all together, Staying in that zone and that focus for too long, pretty soon that, that thought pattern even gets muddled, then just going, clearing your mind, coming back at it and going, okay, fresh perspective, new life, new perspective, new blood flow, I'm ready yep. to go. And then you're at the top of your game, right? So yeah, that's when you need to announce to everybody, hey, go on a smoke break and just out you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and no one needs to know. What do I mean? People just start talking that, you know, wow, did you realize that uh, Tammy took up smoking? She's uh, on smoke breaks an awful lot these days. That's cool. Get out yeah, and do yeah. it, right? Because Until guess what? I start Those... inviting everybody to go with me on my smoke <laughs> break. <laughs> right? That's, that's exactly it. But, you know, mm -hmm. here's the deal. Those people, they, they got their same pay, right? Their same eight hours, but they, they allotted that time several times a day. They still managed to get their stuff done right? Yep. Nobody ever said, oh yeah, well, you know, Joe's always behind because he's a smoker. No, there was no, there was no thing. That person always yeah. got their stuff done. And I would argue probably better and more expediently because they literally had a more clear head because they stepped away, came back with fresh eyes, fresh energy, uh, maybe a little more clogged lungs. But fact of the matter is that is a better place to be than sitting there doing whatever you think you're doing in your haphazard, chaotic, busy kind of way. Stop it. That, that's a story that you've told yourself and one that you've lived into. And like I said, it, it, this show comes out on Monday. This is the start of the week. Make it the best week yet. Do something different. Set your intention. Do what matters. Do it well. Take your breaks. And and really step back and watch how all of this really is a lot less effort than the effort you're currently putting into your chaotic way of life as it is now. Yep. Amen to that. Yep. And simple stuff, you know, and back to your first story, the sports analogies, it's, don't you think it's a, it's the sports players and, and golf is a good analogy. If you're breathing and clearing your mind, that's when you're playing the best. You might be under the most pressure, most pressure. It's all a matter of controlling your mind and your breath.
That's, that's exactly it. And if you want to talk to one person about what it is to control your mind and the effect on your game, and let's call the game the game we call life, uh, talk to Tiger Woods about his game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what happens when our interpersonal life, our interpersonal self becomes incongruent with who we should be and who we're meant to be and how mismanaged that is and how much your mental thinking impacts the whole of your game? He's not for lacking of skill. <laughs> You know, no, no, nope. maybe authenticity. So this thing of right, what you're thinking and what weighs on you and how am I showing up? This, this will define who you are and how well you're able to play. Like I said, the game. So much easier to get ahead of it and make right choices to begin with than dealing with it on the backside of trying to make amends for all kinds of crazy thinking. And, uh, you know, uh, Ariana's uh, point Every bad decision that you've ever made when you look back, step back and think about the space you were in when you made it. This too is within your control. So that's my advice. Go out and make it a great week. It's within your control. And uh, like I said, it takes a whole lot less effort to get ahead of this than to deal with it on the backside. Well, Michelle, thank you for being pushy, <laughs> calling, calling it out, not just letting people kind of keep living like they're living and complaining about it, but, you know, pushing us to be honest, pushing us to look in the mirror and no more excuses. Thank you for that. You are welcome. And thank you uh, for uh, allowing me to be, um, what is that word about honesty that I was called? Um, it's not offensively honest. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> offensively honest. I, I have been labeled that. So yes, thank you, uh, Tammy, not just for this show, but for always uh, allowing these conversations. I appreciate them more than you will ever know. And like I said, I know that the folks that are listening out there um, feel like they were sitting here chatting with a couple of friends, which you are. And we both want the very best for you and go make it that way. So thanks again so much, Tammy, for your time. And thank you for listening to this week's Game Changer podcast. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time.